Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. We help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And I got my name right. Well done. Which means that I want to give a huge shout out to two of our loyal listeners, my in-laws, because they got me this amazing name. I am officially a French. (laughs) And I was so excited to know that Donna and Rick listen to all of our podcasts. Oh, cool. Hi, Donna. Hi, Rick. They listen across the country when they're traveling. So I'm going to go back and look and see if we had any people pop up in Indiana, because if so, that was them. Yeah, they could have been. Yeah. Okay. I'll go back and look. Yeah. So Uh, We appreciate the support, Donna and Rick. It's nice to meet you at the wedding, and you have a wonderful son, Scott. And I appreciate that they are small business owners and Mm -hmm. that they can give us good advice and feedback on the topics and what they want to hear on the podcast. Cool. Well, next time they're on their motorhome through Raleigh, we'd have them on the show, right? That would be amazing. (laughs) Because we have four microphones. We got room for everybody. All right. So uh, we are continuing our conversations about the Sandler rules. We went uh, rules seven through 10 on the previous episode, which now will be titled... Just set the damn appointment. Just set the damn appointment already. <laughs> so Goodness this, this gracious. episode, we're going to continue with prospecting and how you sell, how you approach, how you identify. Rule number 15. Oh, by the way, uh, thank you again for your support, everybody. If you will rate, review, and subscribe on our podcast, we'd love feedback. We want to help grow our numbers. So all the uh, one of the podcasts I listen to, the guy says, if you don't rate us a five, if you rate us a four instead of a five, I just get the feeling you hate us. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Bomani Jones. I like his podcast a lot. We did not mention our next event. We did not. And I don't want anyone to hate us. So if there's any reason whatsoever, you might rate us something other than a five. Please send me an email first because I promise that we will address the issues and make it better. Are we not funny enough? Are we not good looking enough? We'll fix all these things. Plastic surgery is well within reach. I'm too old to have that. But uh, if you don't give us a five and you send us a note, why? If you tell us not to use your name, we'll actually be nice not to. But if you did not give us a five, we'd love for you to own your name and tell everybody why you didn't give us so a five. So far, we're on all fives, we're right? We're doing five. Yeah, yes, we're, we're, doing, we're five. doing five. So, ah, uh, <laughs> we're doing highs and fives. Yeah, there you go. Like that. That's Trinity that, at her pun best. Oh, yes. Best. Yeah, so, so, March 13th. March 13th. The luckiest day of the year, Friday the 13th. We have an amazing, spectacular completely mind-blowing experience that we would invite you and the people that you know to come join us for. We are hosting our first ever two-hour super seminar workshop, and it's at 10 a.m. till 12 p.m., and the name of it is Seeing 2020 because everybody wants to be able to see the year in perfect vision, and we're going to help you get there. We will be going over all sorts of amazing topics like goal setting, SWOT analysis, and other things that you've heard us talk about on the show. And if you go to our website, uh, scroll to the bottom where it says events, you'll see the information. You can sign up. It is only, only, only $49. It is. And you get to spend a couple hours with Mike and I in room 
getting your brain and your little noggin full of all sorts of knowledge. And you get to meet other people. It's a wonderful event. So we hope that you will take us up on it. We know it'll help. We know it'll help whether you're just starting or kind of at that stage where, you know, I need a little little shot of espresso. And just think of us as your shot of espresso. If you have not pulled out your goals mm. to review them yet for this year, because we're already in February, mm. then you probably need to go. If you didn't set any goals <laughs> at the end of the year or the beginning of the year, you probably need to go. If you set a goal, but you can't remember what it is, you probably need to go. And fair warning, just so you know how we operate, we never judge we slightly mock, but we never judge anybody. We so are judgment-free. If you did not set your goals yet, you'll never hear a bad word from us, but we'll have a little fun on people that didn't set, our, set enough goals or a goal. But anyways, go to our website, wiredtochange.com, and find out all the specifics on that. We'd love to see you there. Number 15, the best presentation you will ever give, the prospect will never see. And that kind of goes back to our previous episode of the conversation you have with somebody at a networking event when you are just curiously and honestly asking them questions about their business. Gives you a chance, find out what they're what they might need, something they may not need, and you just kind of get to answer some questions, ask some questions, maybe throw in a couple answers on what services or what benefits you might have for said company. Yeah, when I think of this rule, I think of when you're with a potential client, you are in the mode where you're always at 70-30, right? So they should be talking 70% of the time, you're talking 30% of the time, and you're leading them to water by asking them questions. And this is so important because if you start going on a barrage and presenting all of the features and benefits of your business, they are going to whip your business card into their <laughs> left pocket so fast your head's going to snap. So they're going to ask where the bathroom is, or let me go refresh my drink, but they're going to get out of Dodge quickly. And they should, yes. in fairness to them, they should. And the, the premise of this rule is that you really should be helping your prospect discover for himself the best reasons to buy from you. You should not be trying to talk them into it. And how does that happen? Well, it happens by you asking powerful questions that educate them and lean them to that discovery. For example, when I'm talking with somebody and I want to get them talking about real estate, I call it targeted chit chat. Mm -hmm. So whatever your industry is, what I like to do is I start asking them about where they live and what they think about the housing market. And I just start asking them real estate related questions because eventually they're going to ask me what I do. And I'm going to say, oh, well, the reason I'm so interested is because I'm a real estate agent and I'm always doing market research. And people love that. And they for eat it up. all of our wonderful listeners out there, we don't know most of you, but we know you got an opinion. Yes. <laughs> so, and people have opinions on where they live and why they live there and how they came to find their house. And um, they'll tell me about their agent and whether they were great or bad and all of the horror stories in between. So that is how I prospect for new buyers and sellers is just by getting them to open up. And I call it, I call it targeted chit chat and 
just you can use it in any industry. If it's buggy, if you're in the pest control industry and you ask them if they've heard about, you know, how the heavy rains have been leading to termites this year because they have. It's been pain in my booty in the real estate market. But think through what your targeted chit chat could be for your industry to help you not be the presenter to your clients. One of the things they talk about in this rule is when you meet somebody, you combine a story with a question. The story I told the previous episode, talk I met a, a guy who owns an, his own insurance company. He's up to three agents. He wants to get to 10 by the end of 2020, but he was struggling doing the wrong thing, which we've talked about on many podcasts. He has an admin assistant who wants more work and who is good at it, but he's not been able to sit down and teach her what he needs done. So she understands it. She gets it done. She's happy because she's busier and he gets it off his plate so he can just go talk all day. The next solopreneur I meet when I get into a conversation with them, I would say something along the lines, you know, oh, um, usually when we talk to solopreneurs, we hear about the struggle with time how they can extend the day, how they can get more work done by outsourcing something or hiring somebody to do something. And then I would just kind of follow up with them. So how do you do that? And now I've just told a story to let them know I've seen this this situation before. I've talked to people about this and I'm asking them, how do they do that? And they're going to think, well, he really is interested or you know what? I can tell him how he can help his clients. And mm-hmm. we're often running just talking about everything but selling. I've not asked this person, can I coach you? I've not said, boy, you really need help. Just say, here's what, when I talk to people like you, here's kind of one of the things that people bring up. And that is the perfect example of rule number 15 in practice. Good job, Coach Mike. You have earned your golden whistle today. So they get to hear my presentation before we set the appointment, before they come to one of our seminars, and they're, they don't even know they're getting a presentation. And this has been done to you as well. You just We just don't know it. The people we've been talking to before were getting their presentation. But it's in the form of an actual conversation. How about number 16? And for those of you that are just tuning in, we are going through... Um, a few of the Sandler selling system rules out of a book called The Sandler Rules, 49 Timeless Selling Principles and How to Apply Them. Um, This is a book adapted by David Mattson, but it is by the rules um, created by David H. Sandler. He was a sales guru who came up with a sales methodology that was developed back in the 60s. And we just covered rule number 15 and we're moving on to rule number 16 lucky number 16 this is one of the books that trinity has talked about she's used this way more than i have and she's taught on this and trained on this and now i know why so i it's like crack isn't it it is yeah it's so good it is so good rule number 16 never ask for the order make the prospect give up now it's not what it's like a husband line Honey, that's not what I meant. (laughs) Okay? So let me explain to you what this means. Are you going to mansplain? Yes, I'm going to. Great. You shouldn't have to, as Sandler says, you shouldn't have to ask for the order because then it's not a mutual decision. 
Making the prospect give up does not mean pressuring them. What you are helping them give up is their search for a solution to their problem. Because during the conversation, you've asked them enough questions, they've talked about their issues, you've been able to offer suggestions here and there without selling, and you they realize that, you know what, that is what I've been looking for, whether it's a product or a service to make their business better. So you're just at, you're not pressuring them into saying, fine, I'll take it. You're actually getting them to give up their search for anybody else because you've been able to show how you can solve their problem. Not that you have the best product, not that you're the best salesman, but you've shown them how you can solve their problem. I love this rule. I was trying to think of a great example of this one um, in our business. And I think a lot of times for me, when it comes to our coaching clients, it's really at the end of that, that you have to make sure that you ask in a powerful yet casual way, if this is something they truly want to address and to do it in such a way that it's very matter of fact, but also allows them to be on your team as a partner, not an adversarial relationship. If you're explaining to them or showing them through a conversation how your product or service can actually solve their problem and they give you anything along the lines of, boy, that would really help me, one of your answers back to them is, okay, so how do we get started on this or where do we go from here? But you built up the trust and the rapport at that time because they've told you, boy, that would really help. Instead of you telling them, hey, you know, this would help you (laughs) because they don't want to be sold. They do not. (laughs) Nobody wants to be sold to, but everybody wants to buy. Oh, yes. Uh, Making the prospect give. Okay, so number 17. My thought is on the next point, not this last one. Okay. You good on 16? Yes. Number 17. This one one is just so full of great content. Um, Rule number 17 is the professional does what he did as a dummy on purpose. Let's unpack that for our listeners. All right. So I meet Trinity and I'm selling a product in the real estate world. Pick something that I would might approach a realtor to um, sell you on. You're a photographer. Okay, I'm a photographer. So we get talking. So Trinity, so what do you do? And you tell me you're a realtor, and I would ask, you know, how long you've been doing this? Do you enjoy it? Just to kind of get to know you, because I'm mm-hmm. just a curious person. So we get talking a little bit more, and you get talking about oh the split on the house and this real. You know, I would say I would get to an example of the last house you sold, because I like specifics. that I like the story on that. And you would have said something along the lines of, oh, the other realtor, it was just a, it was a struggle agreeing on the split. And I would go, a split? Really? You got, oh, so each agent gets a portion of the sales. How does that work? Well, I know how it works. It's generally 6%, give or take. And then mm-hmm. it's three on one side, two and a half on the, uh, however that works out. But I know that, but I want you to keep talking. I want to hear more about your business because you're getting to where I want you to get to, to talk about how I might be able to help you, not sell, but how I might be able to help you. So I would throw one of those questions, well, split, I thought it was a state rule that said it's 3% on both sides. 
I know it's not because I've learned that from you. Yes. So that's where you ask those questions. It's like a lawyer. You've seen enough shows with lawyers. You never ask a question. You shouldn't ask a question you don't know an answer to. But you just can play real dumb on, oh, I didn't know you had to put every house in MLS. Ooh, that must be a pain listing all those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a really good example of when you think about a brand new salesperson they always hit the sales floor or the sales phones or whatever, and they have all these really rapid early success. And that's because they are not so saddled down with product knowledge that they're inundating their potential prospect with too much information. They don't know enough. They haven't been through all the sales training yet. So all they're out there doing is asking questions and getting to know their prospect. And because of their natural curiosity and wanting to find out more about that person, they're actually closing more sales. So when you're out and you're an expert in your field, you want to actually scale back some of your expertise and stop from verbally barfing on your potential clients and prospects and and know that it's okay to ask dumb questions of them because to them, they're not dumb questions. They don't know any better. It allows them to talk about their business or talk about themselves And you want to think about yourself as a doctor. When I go into the doctor, she might see that I'm walking funny and that my back hurts, but she's still going to ask me what's wrong. And mine does. Ashley, she'll always say, because if I walk in and say, oh, my lower back on the right side is what's really given me the the most trouble the last couple of days, she won't automatically adjust the right side. She's going to ask a couple more questions. What do you think you did something? You know, my grandson, Oliver, I pick him up all the time so Mm -hmm. that she knows when I go visit him. Hey, that means you probably saw Oliver this weekend. You're picking him up. Did you go play golf, swing a golf club, something like that? She's going to ask some follow-up questions on that. But I want to go back to the question, how we got this subject earlier on this this rule. Uh, If I'm a photographer and you're a realtor, a dumb question for me to ask would be, so when you publish pictures, what pictures do you find get the most response from potential buyers duh such such a good question kitchen a master right? yes i know yep. that but i'm still gonna ask just so you can talk about it yeah and you may throw something in that maybe that a new he trend. Might, yeah right there he didn't know yep. um and that's so one of the um tips from the writers of this book is that um As sales professionals, we should identify three sales situations where we might be too likely to talk, (laughs) which happens a lot. Develop some dumb questions. I'm using dumb in quotation mark, you know, some dumb questions that you can ask in those situations to shift the attention back to your prospect and allow them to explain or expand on the situation versus you just giving your, you know, 10 minute solo speech that nobody wants to hear. When I was uh, attending one of my BNI, we talk often about BNI, Business Networking International. I'm a consulting director for Triangle BNI, and I was at one of my chapters today. I was talking with the mortgage broker in the chapter, and I kind of knew this answer because I've talked to enough mortgage brokers about it. We're mid to late February. This is an election year, and I asked every one of them. 
do you have any concerns with 2020 being an election year? Because I want to know what they're going to say. And the last few that I've talked to have said, no, everything tells us things are going to remain the same despite the election coming in November. Okay. I kind of knew that answer because I've asked that to about six or eight people the last month. But I want to know what he said. I want him to talk about it. He might offer me something more. So when I have another conversation with a mortgage broker, I might be able to add that in there. But it just got me a chance to learn. And it was, a, you know, like I said, I kind of knew the answer, but I asked him anyways. Good. Yep. Always be asking questions. Oh, I love questions, yes, because everybody's, everybody's got a story. Just good learning opportunity. So the moral of this rule is to always ask, well, that it's smart to ask dumb questions. Yes. Dumb yourself down, people. Let your prospect do the talking. And it is hard for me to stop talking. And if you know me well enough, that's what? been hard. I know. What? But I do another, obviously, Trinity and I do two shows a week for this podcast. And I have another podcast for BNI where I just for an hour interview small business owners. And it has, both of these have made me listen more. If you walk into a room where I'm the smartest guy in the room, you need to leave. (laughs) (laughs) So I learned a bunch from you because you have different life experiences. You've had different coaching and training than I've had. Uh, It's just really, really good to listen more. You'll be able to get your point across. And it may take 10 words instead of a minute explaining, oh, we're the greatest company in the world. We sell the most of this. We... You'll learn real quick. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I just did that with one of your competitors. Oh, Ooh. really? And Kirk, all I had Kirk, to say Kirk. was, oh, yeah, we just, your, your biggest competitor, we just installed that for them. And that's all I needed to say. Instead of talking for a minute, how we're the third largest in the U.S. and blah, the largest blah, in blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's like Charlie Brown's teacher, right? Yep. If you grew up watching Charlie Brown's, I didn't want 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 want. But yes, yeah, so you can ask questions on purpose. And even if you know the answer, you're okay to do that. Sandler rule number 18. This was a really good backstory. The title of the rule is don't paint seagulls in your prospect's picture. The story they tell on this. This is one of my favorite rules. Do you know the backstory on this? I'm going to let you share. Okay. All right. So there's this little girl in elementary school and she was in art class one day and she painted a picture. Uh, there was, uh, I think it was water. I don't know if anything was around the water, but she painted the picture and she was tickled pink with her picture. She handed it to the art teacher and the art teacher said, oh, you're missing one thing here on the right. And she painted in a seagull and the little girl was not happy. So the little girl went home, showed her parents the picture and her parents are like, well, they didn't know she didn't. First of all, they didn't know she did not paint the seagull in there. So they said, wow, this is a wonderful picture. We love this. And the little girl was not happy. And the dad finally asked her, why are you not happy? She said, I didn't paint the seagull in there. And this actually went, it went to court because the dad was not happy with the school and the teacher's response. And they asked the teacher why she did that. And the teacher goes, well, she just needed that in there. And they asked the girl why she didn't paint the seagull in there. And the girl's answer was, because I didn't see the seagull in the picture. And that's what they talk about. Don't add something that your client may not, it's not a factor in their life. It's not a part of their life. They don't need it. They didn't think about it. Let them tell you their story. I thought that was cool. It is. And to relate that to business, if you are with a prospect or with a client and 
there is something that could come up as an objection, you know, you don't want to be painting those seagulls in your client's um, picture because they didn't have it there in the first place. So the best part is to keep your mouth shut and pay attention, listen, and ask really powerful questions and don't get in your client's way by adding in your own items that they hadn't really thought of in the first place. When my brother and I started our pest control business, I started with the uh, always reliable Ford Ranger truck. That's all I needed. And I took it to a mechanic one day, look at it, look at it. He goes, oh yeah, Ranger danger. I love these trucks. They go on forever, which was good to hear. But if somebody come up to me and said, oh, pest control, you probably need a bigger truck. I'm good right now. We're just starting out. I may learn in six months I need a bigger truck, which I did, but not at that moment. So I didn't need that in my life, but they may not have ever asked me, so uh, just tr- how's this truck working for you? Which I would have said, fine for what I need right now. So don't assume because you sell a product or service that your potential client needs that. Yeah. I was just thinking that this is something that I try really hard not to do, especially when I'm helping somebody buy a house, because they might be looking at a house that to me isn't something that I would want to live in because it's missing, you know, the backyard or it's missing something that to me is really important. So I have to differentiate in my mind their picture of what the perfect house is from what my picture of a perfect house is you might and it's really and it's really really difficult because there's so many times I want to put in my two cents and I just have to bite my tongue and realize that this is their house it's what they want it's how they live their lives the different hobbies that they have that might be different than mine but it's like I have to just mentally snap that paintbrush right in half and say trinity do not start putting something in their picture that wasn't there to begin with. You may have the coolest, they may have given you 10 things they wanted. They didn't tell you they didn't want a two-story, but every the two-story had everything else, location, price, I mean, everything they wanted. And you went to show them the two-story thing, and well, it's got this, 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 and you never bothered to ask, uh, first of all, do you want a ranch or a two-story? And they would have told, I would have told Becky and I would have told you, we need a ranch because I've got a bad back and she's got a bad hip. Yeah. We don't need to climb upstairs. But you would have spent hours researching yeah. that. Thinking like, oh, well, they'll love this if they want, you know, 2,200 square feet and this, this, and this, and this school district or this location or whatever, you know. It, at the time, it sounded like a good idea to you because it was exactly what I put down <laughs> on paper, right? Can't paint those seagulls in the pictures. No. So that's, again, this goes back to the point why you should just be listening. Because then you'll know what the client needs or at least get them to talk about, hey, where's a growth area for you? It's like, oh, I need to hire two more people. Or I need a bigger office. Or I need new equipment. That gets you an opportunity to show them how you can solve a problem for them but you would have never known that if you automatically said, oh, well, I've got new office space here. You're going to love this new park. It's right in the middle of everywhere. Everything's happening right here. And they're like, no, I don't need 2,400 square feet. I'm good with my 1,300 mm, square feet. To kind of dumb this down a little bit, seagulls 
If you think about them, they're aspects of your product or service for which the prospect has not yet expressed any need or interest. I'm thinking about when I just joined Trunk Club. Do you know what that is? So it's like a service where it's no, it's a service where um, I have a personal stylist and he helps pick out clothes based off a profile that I selected. And he sends me these clothes from um, Nordstrom's and then I get to try them on at home and decide whether or not I like the clothes. Can you wear any of those to Walmart on a Saturday? No, <laughs> these are nice clothes. It goes for back work to another episode. But anyway. So, okay. if you introduce seagulls before determining if the prospect has discovered the benefit of them, they're going to provide us with a reason to reject the offering. And it's so important because, um, and the gentleman that's helping me with Trunk Club did a really good job um, at first of asking me questions. And one of the things that I told him that I was very adamant about not wanting was any head to toe, like animal print. And what did he send me? A dress with all animal print. That to me is just too much print. I don't mind a flashy pair of shoes or a cuff or something that gives me a little bling, but head to toe dress and animal print no that's not me i'm wearing head to toe black right now like literally everything (laughs) on my body is black so yeah when my brother and i started our commercial cleaning company it was home-based didn't have an office we were never going to get an office he worked out of his house i worked out of my house easy to do and we would get once you register with the secretary of state in the state you live in Look out, here comes the mail, here comes smoke on. Yes. And we got at least, I'm sure it was a dozen, but it was at least a half a dozen companies calling about, let me tell you about our phone system for your new company. And they never once asked me, do I have an office? Right. Do I have a need for, I'm like, folks, work out of the house. What about your employees? They got their own phone. Like, should you not have asked for her? So that yes. type of thing, they're just, and I know they got numbers to hit, but they went about it all wrong. Got to ask questions first. Don't paint seagulls in those pictures. So we love Sandler. We hope you do too. If you have any questions about any of the Sandler principles that we've already covered, please reach out to us, info at wired2change.com with the number two. If you have any suggestions for future podcast topics that you would love to hear, you can find us online. You can send us a message on Snapchat. You can send us a message oh, on. Don't make me do Snapchat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dr. Steph gets me doing that. And I, it's not made for me. Instagram, Facebook, okay, LinkedIn. Yeah. We are on all of Just the platforms. Every single one of them. Area code 386-405-7156. Just text me. I don't want to do Snapchat. I think everyone listening should send uh, Coach Mike a Snapchat. Be and- more than happy to text you back. Yes, <laughs> that I would do. But we would love if you gave us some feedback because that is how we are going to continue to grow and get better as podcasters. And also that's how we get better for our clients in our business coaching. Yep. So go to our website, check out our event on Friday the 13th, which tells you we ain't scared of nothing. We'll have a sales event on Friday the 13th. We don't care because we know we can help you. Please rate, review, and subscribe on our podcast. Tell your friends, help us grow our numbers. And we will see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.